Hey, hey, what do you say? What have you been reading today? Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so glad that you're here as we unpack and share ideas from our book stack. And as Gary Paulson said, remember, the book needs you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Recap Book Chat podcast. Today we're going to be doing what? What's our book? Uh, Unbroken by Laura Hildebrand. And this is our first time to be together and do a book talk. Yes. And we are at the Pink Rose Bookstore in Perryton, Texas. Yes. And she actually has a copy of Unbroken. So just one. <laughs> but hey, you, you can first, come down. First come, first serve. Yeah. yeah. This is an amazing book and it is nonfiction. So for the people that love nonfiction, there's pictures in the book and would be a great gift for uh, a nonfiction reader. And really everyone should read this oh, book. Oh, totally. Everyone. It, so it's a, it's a World War II book about resilience, survival, and all of it. How did you hear about it? My pre previous principal, uh, Mrs. Beats, kept telling me, you have to read this book, you have to read this book. And she was dogged about it, so I'm glad she was because... Uh, I had it on the shelf for a long time before, before I read it. You know, you have your book stack, mm -hmm. and then when I got, I got you a copy, mm -hmm. and then we put it in our plan. You have to plan, or it never happens. And then you pulled out so much more that I really, I was just like, oh, my, you go deep, girl. You go deep. Well, I was blown away, but I've, I've never read a book like this, like Laura Hildebrand, which she's the one that wrote Sea Biscuit, which was that's how she she was doing research for Sea Biscuit. And looking at 1930s articles, and she came across one about um, Lewis. Yeah, and I about called him Louis. Louis Zamber Zamb Zamberini. 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 Yeah. And it was funny because when she asked him if she could do a a, a book on him, he said he would be easier than Sea Biscuit because I talk. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it's just fascinating that this his story hadn't been told, and I am so grateful for her for doing the research. This this book. This took her four years to write. And she had a disease. What did you say? Was she it, yeah, vertigo, vertigo or something? She put all of her notes on the floor, and she would still work no matter how hard, how terrible she felt. And um, Which her and Louis had a special bond. Because of her infirmity, they kind of connected. He even gave her one of his medals, I think. You, you he found was, that out. He yeah. was just honored, I think, that she was telling his story. And the fact that it took her so Like, she couldn't look down, I think. She and wrote with her eyes closed, mm -hmm. you told me. So, amazing. His story uh, starts when he was a boy, and I would say that he was a little hellion, and uh, he was a terror of the town. He was wild and crazy. But that same energy he put into running, and he ended up going to the Olympics. And uh, Oh, I wrote one of his quotes there. Is He did say, my life as a teenage delinquent had conditioned me for the war. Good so job, good I, job. I think that that is so true, like... He, he he was poor. He yeah. had, and he and then he was a delinquent on top of that. So he was running from the law, and but his parents kind of let him. They kind of they couldn't uh, con they couldn't stop him. Yeah, he would run he out that at much. Night. But he uh, he listened mostly to his brother Pete. And his I had a quote from his brother: "A lifetime of glory is worth a moment of pain." Wait, say that again. A lifetime of glory is worth a moment of pain. That's good. And that followed him through all his whole troubles. I mean, he goes from one set of troubles to another set 
and uh, he he remembered Pete. His okay, his brother was definitely a turning point for him because he's the one that got him into the track in running. Mm-hmm. So if it wasn't for his brother, channeling that yeah. in, in, energy. So if you have a um, child that's bouncing off the wall, channel that energy into something positive, and um, that's be Pete. Yeah, be like Pete, and you know just say get them focused and those kids will do things that will blow you away but and, and sure. louis did yeah i mean he went to the olympics in berlin and he actually met hitler and didn't even know it i think at the time one of my favorite chapter titles was uh, only the only the laundry knew how scared i was <laughs> she does a good job of kind of I, I liked her chapter titles i mean this book is probably the most uh, the most researched book I think I've read. Like she, she. There's so many she references. She yeah. documents everything. I mean, you're done with the book when you still think you have pages to read. But that's all her uh, bibliography of mm-hmm. uh, all her resources and stuff like that. This should be assigned to every high school student because you said you learned more from this book than you did from uh, like what the history books. Absolutely. I, I told you that I. I think it would be so effective for high school teachers to use historical fiction um, instead of the textbooks because, yeah, yeah I mean... To it, teach history. She, what Lauren did too, she made a good point. Like, when we think of World War II, we think of Germany, we think of, you know, um, the Holocaust and, like, the Germany, that we think of that side. We don't really think about the Pacific. We yeah. don't think about that side very much. And that's, that's a whole other... You know, prisoners of war and people like Louis was with two other two other pilot or two other flyers and they were in a raft for 47 days and you read you days. read that story with her articulate detail you can't get it out of your mind because he he and they're just trying to survive and that's where mindset comes in because of the three there was one that had a fixed mindset, and it doomed him. It did. And you can tell that as you're reading it. Uh, if you've read any of Carol DeWick's research on this, it's so powerful. I mean, like the one guy who was a fixed mindset, they had a chocolate bar. He ate it all instead of sharing it with them. Uh, From and then, the very first day. Yeah, gone. Once they fell asleep, he, he ate all the food, and he was the, he was the one to die. Yeah, which is weird. 33 days into it. Because of mindset. Because Louis said that him and... Oh, what was his friend's name? Um, um, he had two names. Because, you know... Phil. They, yeah. yeah. So Phillips we, from Phil. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So him and Phil would... They they knew the, the importance of staying lucid and, like, being in the moment. Like, they quoted poems. They quoted... They they sung hymns. They they used their mind mm-hmm. all the time. They he quizzed didn't. each other. Yeah. And this other guy... I can't remember. McGee or something. He was... He was not Oh, we're going to die. Yeah. We're going to die, and he did. It's not a spoiler because you will know that, but this is where, you know, when um, he he had anger when the guy ate the candy bar, but he said his anger soon cooled. From his days, from his days searching for missing planes, he knew how hard it was to see a raft, especially among the clouds. For, he, for all he knew... He, too, had overlooked raft-bound men below. So he had this anger for, because they would see planes and they wouldn't get mm-hmm. rescued. 47 days is yeah. a long time. Then they're circled by sharks. and I mean, this book get is, shot at. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, and your point was good, because when they were rescued, what did you say? Oh, the, that was what, so, so we, 
she, so she's very descriptive about their 47 days. You were in the boat with them, and they're, you know. The lice in their beard. The oh, my goodness. Their, because they, from they, the birds, because they have to eat birds to survive. Raw. They ate raw birds. They didn't have any water. They had to d figure out how to catch rainwater. All this, they're, You're they're, going through it with them. They're you know? beating sharks off with paddles. Which, and then they decide to eat some sharks, finally, don't they? I can't I remember. remember. I'm saying, can we eat the shark? Can we get rid of but, it? But uh, like you're in the boat. They've gone all through. They've been shot at. They had to patch their boat while. And when he had the lice in his beard, the only way he could get relief was stick his head in the water. Remember, mm. he stuck his head in the water. I mean, you're right there with him. And As a teacher, I know about lice a little bit. You know, you're itching, you're scratching, you're like ah. And there was a, their lips were so bloated yeah. because of the sunburn because they're out there. It is, so like, exposed. They're very descriptive about what that's like. And when they they get when they do get um, captured, I guess the that I think that was the most heaviest thing that I heard him. Where the, the quote was that he wished he was back on the raft. So I was like, oh, you know how bad it must be for him to want to be back on. Because the they prayed and prayed to get off the raft, and when he wants to get back on, you are. You, you know, know, it's brutal. And because I had a quote for uh, it said, dignity is an as an is as essential to human life as water, food, and oxygen. So without identity, uh, without dignity, identity is erased. Mm. So they had their, um, uh, on the raft, they had dignity. They did. They had that. But when they were POWs, they tried to strip that from them and, and did a good job of yeah. stripping it. But he had that in his mind, so we need to put that in the mi our minds. You know, without dignity identity is a race and you have to have your identity mm -hmm. how important is that and and what in the the japanese what they did to the pow's was it was brutal and it was and like i never I, heard of that we never heard of it i'm just like i really appreciate her telling the story this is a needed story and this is why people need to know that because i mean war is atrocious atrocious by itself but i mean they didn't follow the jiva convention they didn't do a lot of things that you're supposed to do with prisoners of war and it, it like I corruption I just, the corruption was yeah. like they had food to feed the prisoners but they didn't feed the food to the prisoners they sold it the cooks at the prison sold that so they could make money mm -hmm. and the prisoners lived on nothing almost and there there's pictures in this that are disturbing they're very disturbing pictures but I think it's good to see because I feel like we need to know what happened and not be you know, because, I mean, men have lived through this, and I just feel like that's a, a disservice to not have their story told, you know. And on my little bookkeeper, it says, uh, my little, where I'm keeping track of what I'm reading, it says, when you finished this book, you felt, and uh, you you mentioned you felt great grateful for the sacrifices made by the soldiers, and I also added, and the loved ones at home, because when Louis was captured as a POW his mom got seeping rash that she had the whole time mm -hmm. like she couldn't do dishes she couldn't cook she her hands were oozing yes the whole time and I'm thinking the suffering that mothers went through yes. and that brothers and sisters and and I think especially for the not knowing but I think it might I mean not that it's easy to find out that something happened but like they did not know mm -hmm. it's just like you're lost and, and what was the you said something about how many were lost? Uh, fewer than 30% of the men whose planes went down from July 1944 to February 45 were rescued. So you've got 70% of the planes that went down were never rescued. So that's not good. No.
And this was a note from his mom during that time. She said, Dear Louie, wherever you are, I know you want us to think of you as well and safe. May God be with you and guide you. Love from all, mother, dad, Pete. And he had two sisters, and they're, they're all going through this with him. Yeah. And we, we need to remember that. For years. Yeah. And back to the plane, we were going to talk about that. Like, the that flying was, coffin. That was something that Laura brought to attention that I didn't. I was not aware of, is that oh, there were so many deaths that were because of mechanical failure and not because of actual combat. And like Because the, the <clears throat> field guy that you were talking about, he planned for every contingency. Remember mm-hmm. how thorough he was and everything? But they were, they pretty much knew there's a good chance you're not coming down. Because, I mean, why did they call it the flying coffin? Yeah. The it was beam. all set up for uncomfortable, you were uncomfortable, you were it, low performing. I mean, the whole B-24s, thing. B-24s, that's what, that's what the men at that time called them, the flying coffin. So I'm like, how brave do you have to be to be able to get on something like that and know that it's the odds aren't in your favor? Yeah. And this is what it said. Um, in the Army Air Force, there were fi- 52,651 stateside, stateside aircraft accidents over the course of the war that uh, ended up killing 14,000 personnel. So those are all accidental deaths that happened stateside because of mechanical failures in these planes. So, I mean, I think that is that is a horrible side of war. I mean, you get, you get a lot of innovation and advances in technology, but there's a cost, a very heavy cost. And, like, and we're not grateful for that no. oftentimes yeah. because we don't know about it. Yeah. I think people would be more grateful if they knew about it. Yeah. But it's just overlooked, which, you know, I, I don't understand. You know, we have to be, uh, if you don't look to the past and the mistakes that were made, you're destined to repeat them because, you know, that's why we need to study history. And that's why historical fiction is paramount on my list of reading because I love I love to learn, and why not learn from that and apply it? Story, as I say all the time, stories stick, facts fade, but this this will stick. Yes. If you read Unbroken, you will not forget it. I mean, you were. I mean, you were so right. Like even things like I didn't even know, you know, because a lot. I think America gets a, a lot of flack for dropping the atomic bomb, yeah. but I feel like from this book that was they were forced into that, and they, that was their best decision they they knew at the time. And this is very important. I didn't know. They dropped thousands and thousands, thousands probably flyers. millions of flower, flyers. Telling people to get out of town. Telling people to leave these cities that they were going to bomb. But the, the government there, the Japanese government, so was... That was propaganda. You could be killed if you had a flyer in your possession. They were... So their government was actually the ones that killed them because they're the ones that made them stay. And nobody said... I don't know. She dug deep. She did. She and dug deep. I was like, I've never heard of that. That, I mean... I feel like we gave them every chance to get out of there. Like, And every time, and I didn't know this, but when the Americans, wherever they were fighting, if they had a victory, the Japanese uh, hurt the POWs. Mm-hmm. They kicked them. They had, I mean, they made them unconscious. They gave them concussions, knocked their teeth out, all this, if America was doing well. So they were fixing to kill every POW mm-hmm. if something didn't happen. So yes. that saved lives. It did save lives. Oh, it was, it's amazing. Uh, the, I was just, like, shocked. Um, and you already mentioned that it is full of pictures, but that's another thing, which I really appreciate. Like, there's... There's, uh, there's a picture of him in the Olympics. There's a picture yeah. of him in his uniform. 
There's um, even There's a picture of uh, Phil's fiance. The the plane that crashed, and I think that was because he was he's he was good at documenting because a lot he of was. these are his personal photographs. Like he even took one of the his, bird, the bad guy. They the, have a picture of him. They have a picture here. of him. He they, was the monster. They have a picture. I don't think he took that one, but all his planes he took pictures of that he took pictures of his crew that were um flying the plane and things like that but and it's i really i think you mentioned that it feels like multiple stories in one and it kind of is it's amazing that there's kind of like his beginning story in the olympics that's a section and then the the military side and the just all of the stuff he does because he before he go and then the raft and then the and then that could have been a book by itself the raft and then the pow side and then the the recovery like dealing with all the trauma and if you've seen the movie you know never judge a book by the movie the movie's good but the book is always better and it is 10 times i mean you just get the whole story and the back story and of course i like the back story i found that part five million leaflets were dropped five million okay over 35 japanese cities and i never heard that no and that was that was a long time before they dropped the bomb they gave yep. them plenty of time to evacuate and but the uh, the japanese government pre- prevented that mm-hmm. from like i can't even believe yeah they said you would be killed i think if yeah. you were in possession of one so it's just so sad like the everything that happened and and, and the, the part you realize so many died of course but many came back and she says and this kind of stuck with me that for many the war never ended mm. and so mentally they're still fighting that war and so is louis louis is like seeing the bird in his dreams he's fighting that war even when it ended so we because you can't shut it off well, he was beaten daily. Yeah. And the reason that they singled him out was because he was in the Olympics. So if you know all that, you know, and even starts back before the Olympics, it starts back in his childhood when he was mm-hmm. running and doing everything he's not supposed to be doing. But because he was in the Olympics, they thought that they even told him that they wanted to, him to race a Japanese person, remember? Mm-hmm. And um, so, so the Japanese person could say that they beat an Olympian so he was supposed to lose. Because yeah, they starved him. They, yeah, he was, he was but. <laughs> he, he had, if you were going to give an award on grit, this Louis would have oh, won the grit award. I think his, his name should be in the dictionary next to grit, like yeah. literally. And I think that's another reason why they attacked him is because he wasn't broken and that they wanted to break him. The bird, which was the, the and he had problems. Japanese officer yeah. who was over them. And the POW can't, like, he wanted Louis to be broken. And that's the whole, that's the title, Unbroken, for a reason, because. And that's such a good title. It is such a good title. Because that's really what we want to be. We want to be unbroken. But he was still humble, because that one, in the one I, I had a quote written down, that it said, beyond skill and ability, which he worked really hard to be skillful and have ability, he said, God takes over. So you do your part, and you get the skill, and you get your ability and everything, and then know that God's going to take over. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened in the POW. I mean, in the camp, I mean, he took over. Yes. And I also want to point out that I, you know, I appreciate Laura uh, Hildebrand for doing the research and putting this all together. But I also appreciate, and I'm so grateful to Louie, because 
who wants to relive all that? And I think being Amen. interviewed and all that, that's going, you're going to have to relive all that. And just when she was interviewing him and all that. So I appreciate him willing to, to go back there because, I, I mean, who wants to do that? I mean, yeah. I think if you made it through, you just want to forget it. So some people didn't have the support that Louie had from his family. Like when um, McCullen when he got back, he was having nightmares and um, kind of a nervous disorder. His fam he, when he told his family his story, his father accused him of lying and forbade him to speak of the war. So he was shattered deeply and depressed, and he couldn't eat. His weight plunged down. And that's so sad because it was because how atrocious it was, it made his dad uncomfortable. He just His dad didn't want to hear him. And yeah, you wouldn't want to think that your kid went through that anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, but sorry. But I mean, he needed that, to go through it. That would be I mean, he needed to tell you. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and then it, it just, it floors me how many people's stories, and it, oh, that's the other thing. I think Laura um, received a bunch of letters saying thank you to kids of these people who their parents came back, or their dad, and never talked about it, but they were forever changed. Oh, that's true. I forgot And it gave, that. it kind of gave a, a story or, or a voice for the, you know, even if they'd already lost their parent, they kind of could understand their parent a little bit more. Like, I can't believe he went through this. Um, some of these kids grew up and never knowing what they're, they just know their dad was a POW. They didn't and know. It was a more silent generation. Mm -hmm. You know, like now you hear people get a, a, a hangnail, you hear about it, mm -hmm. you know. But now, just com compare that with then, it was, you know, I, I, I found that this was something that he kept telling himself, Louis said. When Bird was trying to break him down, he said, I am still a man. Mm. You remember that part? Yeah. Which I, I'm just like, he could conceive of no other way to save himself. And I was just like, sometime when you, yeah, you got you to hang on to that. And I think he had, even though you didn't, I don't think they gave him mail. They no. wrote to him, but they didn't. But he knew in his heart of hearts, he knew that his family was praying for him mm -hmm. and that they loved him. And so, you know, that reminds me of that uh, Christy by Catherine Marshall, what, what the best thing a parent can do is l let your child leave with a happy childhood tucked under their jacket. Mm -hmm. I used to think it said belt, but it's jacket. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, you, you've got to prepare them for life. Mm -hmm. And that's I think his parents did a great job. Oh, they did. So he, some of that credit should go to his parents. For sure. They He was well-loved. And his brother. And his brother. Because Pete kind of honed him in when, you know. Okay, so this is a story, like we said, of resilience and survival and persistence. And I wanted, I was going to ask you, because you teach your kids. What do you teach your kids? You, you go the through... The five learning traits. And what and, are those? Uh, optimism, which means uh, we can learn this. Uh, we are optimistic. We are learners. And um, we can learn. we can learn something from even hardship. Mm -hmm. Empathy, which Louis had that too, because mm -hmm. when he thought of, you know, uh, empathy is putting yourself in someone else's shoes, and um, then you don't think so much of yourself. And then um, persistence and resilience, I used to kind of get those two confused myself, but if we draw a little symbol, you know, in third grade, uh, but persistence is you keep doing it even if it's hard. Like you're climbing a ladder, you're going to get tired at the top you know but you keep doing it even when it's hard resilience is bouncing back when you make a mistake so like oh that didn't work out I've got to do something else so see they're different but they do go together they pair well mm -hmm.
And last but not least, flexibility. So you've got to come at it from different angles on solving a problem. So if you teach, if you if you teach your kids and model flexibility, then you're you know when the electricity goes out, you're going to celebrate and get out the candles. You know you're not going to say, oh no. I remember one time uh, Caleb, my oldest, he cooked a hot dog over a candle because <laughs> we didn't have any power. So he said, oh, great, we can do this. Weenie roast, you know, and he celebrated it. So that would be flexible, mm -hmm. flexibility. And resilience is picking yourself up when you get knocked down. And then persistence is keep going even when it's hard. And then optimism is we can learn hard things uh, and, and find joy in that. There's joy in work. You need to embrace the challenge, optimism, and then empathy. Empathy is putting yourself in someone else's shoes. So, and then he did that, like on the raft with the chocolate bar, because mm -hmm. you, you know, if he hadn't done that, he would have tossed him overboard. Yeah. He sharks, you want something to eat? Here he is. Because you know, hey, I'm pretty fond of chocolate myself. <laughs> it's a good thing I wasn't in the raft. Like, of course, this chocolate was just filled with fat, mostly not a lot of sugar. So. But I mean, it could have sustained them longer. Yeah. But does that answer yeah, your question? Yeah, that, that? that's great about resilience. I mean, and I think Louis, he had embodied all those. he embodied all five. Yeah. And sometimes when you can find someone that that's the that's the person you want to read to your kids about. Yeah. I hope they come out with some kid books for uh, Louis. I the, think that would yeah. be the kids would love that, and that would be really good. Like, there's a lot of kids' book that that recognize that's like Sergeant Reckless is about a horse, in in uh, the Korean War, mm -hmm. and the reason the kids love her is because she became a Marine. They make a Marine horse. They love her because of her grit. Mm -hmm. She got wounded and everything, and she's still carrying the ammo up that mountain, and he, she doesn't quit. Kids love that. Yes. Well, there is a there is a quote in. Um, it, you know, you don't judge a person on what they do, their their vocation in life, their job. You judge a person on how they serve others and how well they rise after falling. And that's what you, you know, you can think about. All the books that people love and they talk about over and over again, there's someone that fell and they rose. And they might have fallen again mm -hmm. and they rose again. That's why... I, People love to hate Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind. They don't like her, mm -hmm. but then they're intrigued by her because she will not fall. She's unbroken. You have to respect her. Yeah, my family, I or my family will never go hungry again if I have to. And she said, lie, cheat, steal, whatever. She does them all. <laughs> she does them all. But she's so determined that she's not, she's going to pay the taxes on Tara. Mm -hmm. She's going to, and I think we need a lot of that. In these hard times, you know, when the people were just, um, falling apart when you were quarantined instead of instead of binge watching something I think you don't what do you get after you binge watch do you get anything but when you read a book like this it changes you because mm. you're you know you have a bad day a flat tire you have this and this happened to you. it's not you're not going to be on a raft with yeah. uh for 47 days from yeah. you know you or a have, POW camp for two years yeah I mean and those those guys weighed 80 90 pounds oh. 70 I yeah. mean, they're just skin and bone. So I, I'm just thinking, if you read this kind of book, it deepens your character, and, and then you pass that on to everyone, mm -hmm. you know. So it's just, um, it's an empowering read. Oh, it is. And I think it's a, I think you're, it's a needed read. It's, everyone needs to read this. I mean, just to appreciate the generation that did all this like even the like you said even the parents that were home and the sisters oh. and brothers that were even home 
what they went through, but and, and the people at war. Like, mm -hmm. this gave us a whole other side of the war that I didn't even know existed, you know. And, and by reading this kind of book, you're working on that learning trait of empathy because mm -hmm. you should build your empathy and the perseverance, I mean, the persistence. I get those two, which are yeah. closely related, perseverance and persistence. You just have to, oh, I mean, it was every chapter I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Yes. Are you kidding me? So it's really, it's, it's powerful. Very powerful. I gave a, a copy of this to my brother, which when I give him a book, he reads it and gets it back. It's like he thinks I'm going to charge him over to you. <laughs> I'm going to charge him for it or something. But I think, uh, so I know it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's a guy book, but it's appealing to guys that like nonfiction. So on your Christmas list, if you have a, an inquisitive um, male, I mean, this would be great. But uh, girl, uh, obviously women like it too because mm -hmm. we liked it. And For it sure. was recommended to me by a woman. So, yes. I mean, if you, it's just, a, it could be read by anyone. It's mm -hmm. just powerful. I think my dad's going to read it mm -hmm. because he, he didn't read it in time to get on the podcast. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but no, yes, it's, and especially for any World War II buffs who probably, probably have not heard so many of these things on the well that's why when you read a book in this you we realized the time that laura hildebrand spent researching it and then we knew nothing about the japanese front month mm -mm. It, it, that's not pearl harbor was it we yeah. knew that happened and then i just kind of thought then that, it goes to germany yeah i just thought that's what happened didn't really which was kind of weird. Then we read we read after this one beneath a scarlet sky, which was Mark Sullivan's take on the um, Italy. Yes. And we met another, and we wanted to read that one because we read this one, mm -hmm. and that was a true story. And, which podcast oh. coming soon on that one? Yeah. That was, and that was a total different side, uh, too, of the war in Europe. But yet a strong family. Again, yes. Yeah. I mean, so we really need to work on strong families. Yes. I think that's great. Okay, so closing thoughts on Unbroken. Well, my, my take is, um, Louie, if, if you've seen the movie then, and you want to know more, which movies usually leave me wanting to know more. I want to know the background. You know, Of course, I'm a teacher, so I'm going to... I loved it that it started out when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. I love that. And then she built on that. So um, I just... My last thought... I'm just going to restate re, uh, that one... From his, from his brother, a lifetime of glory is worth a moment of pain, and without dignity, without dignity, identity is erased. Mm. Those are my favorite quotes from the book, but, I mean, I have it a lot, but. You know, I think that that's going to be my thought, too, about the pain. We, we live in a society and culture where we are taught to avoid pain at all costs. I mean, you got a headache, you take something right away. You don't have a fever, you take something right away. Like, we don't want any pain. We try to avoid emotional pain. We try to avoid physical pain. And and it, I think instead, which I think um, from his childhood, he had kind of learned to embrace pain. Mm -hmm. And I he think had. that's one of the factors that made him resilient and persistent is where he wasn't afraid of pain, he embraced it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very beneficial thing that we need to do in our society and i'm trying to change my mindset on that too and i i remember so i had two natural births and um i remember my midwife on my first birth was she had tried to tell me this about like 
kind of breathing through the pain type thing, but I didn't get it on the first birth, and it was just you well know, the first birth. You know, you're, yeah. you're in a new you're in a new world. This isn't how it is on TV. No. But you're just like you're fighting, resisting you're, it. Yeah, resisting the pain, and this is physical, but I think it applies mentally, you know, mentally yeah. too. But on my second birth, um, I for whatever reason it clicked. embraced it. I embraced it, and when you can kind of relax and breathe through pain, it makes it so much better. And it's the same with like yoga or stretching. If you're if you're real tight and you're trying to stretch, it's not gonna work. You kind of have to. That's why breathing is so important mm -hmm. through yoga and stretching because when you it helps you relax and when you breathe, you get a better stretch. But you're kind of having to embrace that uncomfortable uncomfortability. You have to embrace being uncomfortable, kind of, mm -hmm. and be okay with that, and then you'll get a better stretch. But mm -hmm. same with, same with childbirth, and same with anything. I think just, and I, I try to do that with my kids even now. Like if they're hurting, I'm just like, okay, you gotta try to relax and breathe through it, and it'll make it so much better. But instead of resisting, which instead is of next, resisting, this is a side note, but I did want to say. So this was shocking to me. It has, it's not motivational, but. Uh, POWs were paid $1 a day and plus if they were knocking your teeth out and they were cruel to you you got an additional $1.50 for cruel treatment so those guys those POWs for two years were paid $2.50 a day and I'm just thinking it, it's just it's, not enough no. no I was just like $2.50 so you probably you couldn't even buy a cup of coffee no for $2.50 and they were and yet, and then I put this side note. And so yet, that's af that's if they survived. Yeah. If they survived and made it stateside, mm -hmm. that's what they were, were paid. Were compensated for. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, so we we have no idea. Uh, why did we not make the Japanese government pay? I was there no retribution. Well, we we rebuilt them. So I mean, I think because we felt bad about you know Harry Harry Truman, you know they all said, well he he's the one that did it, you know, but he was trying to save American lives. Mm -hmm. So, well, and I know a lot of the the these people that did atrocities and stuff, they were originally arrested these these war crimes, but then they were eventually released because they were making they were trying to make a treaty, and they released them on. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these people that committed so heinous, so many heinous, heinous things crime. were actually set free, which I did not know. Yeah, I thought, I oh, either. they're locked up for good. Both sides, Germany and and that, that's what's good about Louis' story because, you know, until he let that go, you know, you can, you know, when you're carrying the revenge and bitterness of we call him the bird because that's what he called him, his life would never work mm. until you got to let that go. Yes. And that's what, and, and, and it talks about that in the Bible. Forgiveness is not for the other guy. It wasn't for the bird. Mm -hmm. It was for Louis. So when he forgave that, then his life was whole. And that's what Jesus wants us to forgive others as mm -hmm. we've been forgiven. And then you move on and you don't keep, you know, you're not like some of his um, people, his friends that couldn't move on. And that's kind of a way of embracing the pain. Yeah. You're, you're not resisting it because yeah. really... I think there's a quote about that, that the revenge, if you're not forgiving, you're really fighting yourself. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So you're resisting and fighting yourself, and forgiveness is your... Now there's, so, there's so much to be um, gleaned from yes. this book. Oh, so. it is... Powerful. It is a full, it is a full read, yeah. so... We can't say enough good things We really it. can't, so go get your copy, and if you're in the Perryton, Texas area, then you should stop by the... Uh, Pink Rose Bookstore. Pink Rose Bookstore. And we actually, right now, we're sipping the... Matcha. Matcha. It's really good. 
So come on down and get that copy. <laughs> we'll, that's a wrap on Unbroken, and we'll see you next time. Okay. Happy holidays. <laughs>